<laughs> oh yes, my friend. Oh yes. Hello, Leon. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I am excellent. You look beautiful. Oh wow! Thank you. Wasn't expecting I'm, that. Well, I'm so jealous of your beard. Thank you. Thank you. It's, See. Uh, yes, I think it's the longest I ever had it. Very nice. Thanks. I heard an interesting uh, metaphor. It's like um, girls with small boobs. It's 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 like guys who can't grow beards. We have the same kind of envy towards guys who can grow nice beards as girls with small boobs have envy of girls with big boobs. Yeah, I can see I can see the resemblance of body parts. Yes. Or is it body parts? Not really. Or lack of body parts. Yeah, something. <laughs> Excellent. Well Excellent. Well I wanted I wanted to introduce you to the people who might not know who you are. Um, Leon Basson. Leon is the owner of Shop Task. And correct me if I'm wrong, you have three stores, Vancouver, yeah. Seattle, and Toronto. That's right. Yeah, the Seattle store is technically owned by Brian Long. So, okay. Um, but we're working together. Right. Yes. So, Shop Task has three stores. I own two of them the Canadian shops and he owns the US shop. Cool. And you also are the inventor and owner of Wizard Frames. That's correct. That's right. Wow. And you were also instrumental in, in bringing intuition liners to into inline skates. Yeah. Yes. Um, those two things alone, intuition liners and wizard frames, those are very influential products, products that have really, really uh, changed the activity for people in positive ways. I'm glad to hear. Yes, very cool. They, they changed it for me, I know for, for a fact. And uh, yeah, I know it changed it for the closer people around me. So it's nice to see that it's, yeah, being adopted by more people further out. But yeah, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. This uh, this new liner that you made. Yeah. Is incredible. Respect. I, I, I need to talk about it because um, it's, uh, Obviously, all the intuition liners are amazing. They, they, you know, they totally change the feel of any boot. Um, the the material in the intuition is just so comfortable and so responsive. It's comfortable mm -hmm. without being like puffy. It's a solid kind of comfort. Um, mm -hmm. But this new iteration, uh, the the newest intuition liner with a wizard logo on it. So I guess it's a wizard liner. Oh, you have one, yes. This liner is a game changer, like for real. And I don't use that term lightly. Um, in particular, the stiffness of the tongue really
so how I, I'll just, I'll, I'll let you know how I experienced it. And then you can tell me kind of what kind of thinking went into making it. But it's almost like that, that stiff tongue. It's almost like so much power comes from the shin that it relieves pressure from the foot. Like my feet don't get nearly as fatigued um, skating this liner. And, and you can really feel the power um, from that stiff tongue coming from the shin. Mm -hmm. Like it's incredible. So what, what was your thought process with, with making that liner? I think it was just seeing, um, just testing a bunch of different liners and, uh, intuition has stiffer, uh, for skiing, they have liners with stiffer tongues that, um, I'll show you what, one other liner. Yeah, this is an old, uh, yeah, this is an old liner we tested at some point. Um, that has a really stiff tongue as well, but it goes all the way to the bottom. So we tested this a long time ago. Is that a ski liner? Ski boot? No, that's a, Joey talked about it recently. That's a, essentially the V2 mixed with um, one of their ski liners, like one of their most popular ski liners. So it has a really, really stiff tongue uh, and it's a little bit taller. Yeah. So we I can see we it's tall. Made a couple of changes here. This liner actually has a wider tongue as well. I don't know if you can really see it. Yeah, I can. But but it's wider than the V two. So maybe the V two kinda comes so essentially it just kind of fills in the shell a bit more and maybe moves around a little bit less. Yeah. Um and it's more substantial, so yeah, it just seems to work a little better, but we decided to not go all the way. Yeah, not go all the way down. Yeah. Because um, it seems to, like, once the skate is laced up, it's, uh, yeah, maybe it wasn't necessary, like, there was no need to create all this extra, like, pressure on top of the foot. And it seems like for forward flex, that seems to work how it only goes down halfway yeah exactly like this is yeah seems to work yeah it's funny because like i never really thought of liners as being mm -hmm. so important but like it's everything really i mean that's the first point of contact to your foot yeah yeah yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, the the liners are, I kind of saw them as the first thing. Like it should start from the liner. And I think that's uh, also kind of how intuition, like really early when I kind of started talking to them and working with them. Um, I know they looked at it as com ski companies hired them to make liners to fix their boots, essentially. Right. Does that make sense? So a company would have a boot with a pretty cheap liner that was made in a factory that's not specializing in liners. Yeah. And Intuition would make a product that would fix or improve 
the the performance of the shell. But uh, the owner of intuition always looks at it as, you know, it should start from your foot. Like it needs to be the design needs to be like the liner first, and then you design a boot around the liner. Definitely, that makes more but sense. I, yeah, yeah. It's it's always an afterthought in every ski, right. every ski boot, because it's something internal that the the customer might not appreciate as much you know you look on all the fancy things on the outside right but it's what's inside that matters it's so true it's so true and um, the, and yeah and that that kind of like when you first put them on or that feeling when you put on it's all it's all the liner you're not feeling the booth at all exactly and Going uh, one more point on it's what inside that counts. I think that now is like the intuition slogan. Nice. So I think they have uh, Crystal, like the CEO. I think she came up with it or someone came up with it. But like in the past couple of years, they've been kind of promoting the concept. It's what's inside that counts. And the totally. design, it's like you see a kind of like a sketch and outline of the booth, but... Um, you see like the liner is like the main thing. Like it's almost like a see-through outline of a ski boot. Right. So yeah, I, I really, I really, um, I really believe in it. Oh, hundred percent. And also I, I guess from my perspective, being a store owner and dealing with the, dealing with people that are maybe not skaters yet, that are coming into this industry. Um, I guess I was always seeing barriers to entry into skating. And when we started working with Intuition, we started selling ski boots um, that had Intuition liners in it. And I could see the response of, you know, the general public when they try on a comfortable liner. And that kind of clicked in that one of the barriers to entry into rollerblading is the comfort. So what's um, for us as skaters or for many years, you know, skating was huge and then it became super small and super niche. And we had all those products that develop really far, you know, like what Seba developed at the time, um, what Sebastian developed like boots with integrated liner, like carbon fiber, and many other companies, of course, like technology have gone really far, like what Adopt has done. And um, yeah, so it's uh, it's gone so far, but then for experienced skaters, it's great. But then for the general public, they're coming in, and if you buy a high-end performance skate, it doesn't have that that comfort that the general public might want. Yeah. So anyway, it's like I realize that it doesn't matter how good your equipment is. It's like if it's not, if the regular person coming into the store new to skating, not finding it comfortable, you kind of lost them right there. <laughs> so oh, before true. and develop anything else. Yeah we have to start with the liner. So that yeah. was, yeah, kind of like uh, 
me being super lucky that being in the same city as Intuition, Intuition being the company that they are, um, I just had like an amazing opportunity to, yeah, like the random K2 rep told me to carry uh, Jason Woodkey because yeah. he was selling K2s to me as like, yeah, Jason. yeah. <laughs> we, we brought in some uh, ski boards because we wanted to keep our business uh, going in the winter and we're like, well, um, maybe we will bring the short skis because it's a good transition from skating. And then we had some ski boards, like short skis, and uh, but we didn't have boots. And my logic was every store in town has boots. So come buy the ski boards from us that you can't get anywhere, but go buy ski boots somewhere else. And then one year he said, like, Leon, you got you to get full tilt boots. I think you'll, you'll sell a bunch. There's not too many people locally that sell them. They have, like, amazing liners, blah, blah, blah. Um, so thanks, Jason, for that. Um, and from there, yes, seeing that interaction with new customers that I haven't dealt with before and them coming in, buying those full tilt boots just because of the liners, in my opinion. Like, there is a lot of hype around this brand from <clears throat> more freestyle skiers, but a lot of the customers that were buying them were just people that had money that wanted a comfortable ski boot. Yeah. So that's where it kind of connected. Oh, like a person coming in, spending five, 600 bucks on a boot, no problems, just because we were able to solve the comfort problem. Because they had other ski boots that weren't comfortable, and that's when I realized, huh, like, I think, I think the consumer that is not yet buying skates will pay an extra hundred or 200 bucks if it's more comfortable, which is something that I think at the time, all the companies were looking at as an afterthought, like they'll pay the extra $200 if it's carbon and not plastic. <laughs> right. And that's something that the customer just doesn't know until they get to a certain level of yeah i went off a little bit there but the point is i think that it's not the most important to go back to your point i think it's not the most important thing um because if i had the, the the liner and i had the wrong frames right yeah that 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 wouldn't work in my yeah. opinion like if i was skating on a three-wheel by 110 or whatever with this right. liner for what how I'm trying to skate it wouldn't matter what liners I have of course but initially initially um for someone starting getting into skating that's key so that was the first project and I'm super proud of how far intuition came with uh in skating yeah um, yeah and super thankful and uh um, honored to work with them and still be involved. And from the beginning, that was, you know, they there was some kind of, okay, Leon, like, what do you want in exchange for this? Like, you're coming to us, bringing this idea, and we right. want to... Right, so, yeah, people might not know that you, you contacted the company and you went and had a meeting with uh, with the president of Intuition. Yeah. Right. Um, and then... Um, yeah, and they're super down to earth, kind of like a family run business. So they were really nice and accommodating and 
Um, but my, my thing was, you know, like, I just want this product to be out there. Um, and I just want the opportunity to be involved in kind of future skate related projects. So that's really what I wanted out of it. That was a, yeah. Um, obviously they compensate me in different ways, but, um, I think the most important is the fact that there is this product and we can keep innovating this product and we can work with new brands, uh, like them or FR or wizard and make liners that will be, will make those skates even better. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And yes, yeah, so I'm really thankful to be still involved. Um, yeah, and hope I hope to be involved forever with this company because yeah, because it's fun and we make great products together. Yeah, the product is amazing. The patented <laughs> foam, like if people don't really know, like the the foam is a it's a very special kind of foam that's that's not it's it can be very thin, but still mm -hmm. very comfortable, which is special to that it, it's it's all about that patented material right intuition uh not really no. um like there's um materials that come pretty close i would say yeah intuition does and i went to china at one point i think in 2018 yes I, at end of 2018 i went to china to the intuition factory so the intuition has their own foam factory in a different city in China. And then they have a factory that assembles, like that makes the liners. Yeah. So they're not just buying the material somewhere. So it was really neat for me to see it, you know, even though I heard the stories and whatnot, but um, seeing like the machine that makes the foam, yeah. um, it's like a couple hundred thousand machine that's like, the owner of Intuition at the time, you know, took all his like savings to just buy his own machine to wow. there's like years of kind of like working with certain companies. I think they at the beginning they were working with a company in New Zealand that was making foam. But then they're also making foam for other companies and so long story they um yeah, from like a small company. Um, and I always relate to it because I see that it's not, I'm not dealing with Salomon or uh, Rollerblade or Technica or whoever. It's just a guy in a way like, like me that just wanted to make a good product and invested in things that he might not pay off. <laughs> it seemed like risky, you know, but um, it kind of worked out. I think if the, the intentions, are right. Um, yeah, karma does does its job. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, long story. Seeing that they have their own foam factory and seeing how they test everything and how they have like their own formulas in certain areas in the factory that like no one can access. Like, I can see the importance of having that uh, proprietary. Um, formula essentially to make the foam a certain way 
But at the end of the day, it's not just that. It's the, the relationship of the same factory that they've been working with to stitch it and like working with other companies to laminate the materials, um, using like their own proprietary like glue to laminate the the like lycra or whatever material to the to the foam and then layering the foam in certain ways so yeah going you know the idea of the 10,000 hours they have they put in the 10,000 hours in so many aspects of this process of the making the foam um you know laminating materials stitching the material molding it so and now seeing a lot of other companies come to the market with uh, their own version of, you know, premium liner, even if you have like a very similar foam, um, you know, it's like saying, uh, you know, like you cook a nice meal, like you can be using the same ingredients, but a, a really good chef kind of thing will make a completely different meal than you or me. So um, they have all that experience. Exactly. It's like what temperature you heat it up at. All those um, things, yeah. Yeah, what spices, how much spice you put in. So it seems very minor. And kind of going back to it's what inside that matters. Um, same with the liner. Even though, like, yes, the foam, you know, if you put it in, into, like, um, like you test it. Oh yeah, that's pretty similar foam. Okay, but having all those, this expertise mixed with um, their um, them wanting to work with me and trusting me, like trusting not not me necessarily, but someone from skating and giving me that full control of like, okay, you want it thinner there, cool. Like you want it thicker there, sure. So having that trust and not, and I think that's really positive that they're not involved, like the, they're not a skater. Cause if I was to work with a skater, he would have his own opinions. Right. Um, and so having that freedom to do whatever I want, um, and with me, you know, you know, at first hand, it's like I consult with so many people around me. So having you and Joey, like Joey is probably the best tester in the world. And that's why yeah. I think uh, Rachel and K2 ended up making some amazing products because he does the work, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, you send someone a sample of something to test and they're like, oh yeah, it's good. And they're not, yeah, they didn't put in like the 10,000 hours of testing product. And Joey has, yeah. He has that critical, he's very critical of every little piece. Yeah, I, I owe so much like over the years to Joey for just always being there, you know, like a text away, like, okay, Joey, I'm submitting this intuition version to like, what does it yeah. need to be? And it would be uh, just a summary. Like he's really good with summarizing key points. I think that's like a really editing uh, quality that he has. Like from editing oh, yeah. videos so long, like 
highlighting like what's important. Um, and then obviously tons of people around me, like amazing skaters to prove the, those theories. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, so. You're really the perfect person to, to create products because you're on the ground level, like watching new people try on skates and, and hearing what they have to say. And you're also out skating with <clears throat> expert skaters and you have access to people like Joey, people with years of experience. So it's a good combination of, of uh, experience, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I, it's uh it's kind of crazy how well my network is set up for for me to do what i do yeah uh, and it's not you, but you've done that you've you've created that network it's yeah it's in a way it's like it's not by design it just along the way the opportunities came and i maybe had the instinct the intuition to yeah. uh, to keep certain people close to me Right. Uh, but a lot of it is just, you know, the universe is throwing those people your way and um it just knowing when to um it's almost like maybe a, a recognizing that that's an opportunity. Um yeah, like like Colin Brady for example. Cuz uh yeah, that's kind of going off topic here a little bit, but at the, at the core of it, it, like for me, the passion is the skating, you know. Um, and I I kind of go back to it because it's so easy to get lost as like, oh, I'm a skate designer now, or, but that's yeah, I'm a, at the core of it. Like I'm just a skater. I want to have fun. I want to like film. I want to put out sick content. Yeah. Uh, with my friends and well, it all feeds into each other right like having that connection to the activity is going to make mm -hmm. your product design so much better because you're designing a product to make that activity more enjoyable um, make make it so you're better at that activity you know so mm -hmm. it makes sense that that the activity itself would be the core of, of mm -hmm. everything you know and trying to make that experience accessible to new people. It's very interesting. Yeah. You're a very so we, interesting person, Leon. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just admi uh, I admire that you know, your you've your entire life is kind of your 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 focus is this, like you don't have a day job. Your your whole life is is rollerblading, making rollerblading better for people. Um, making it better for yourself is very interesting. Yeah, it's still it's still like I'm kind of swimming in uh, unknown territories in many aspects. Like, but yeah, just kind of going day by day. You know, opportunities come up, and yeah, sometimes you get lost. Like, what am I doing? <clears throat> like, what's my purpose really within? in the world, you know, in life, um, right. like who cares about rollerblading, <laughs> but I think I, um, for me to feel good about myself, I want to contribute, uh, where I feel like I can have the biggest impact. 
Um, and rollerblading still seems to be that area. And I just, and I don't know which part of like, is it me selling products? Is it me like giving input about products? Is it me skating? Is it me um, maybe like working on the skating itself and like the way we um, kind of going back to your podcast with Sean Anwin and the the style of skating that we've been um, experimenting with over the last few years with the wizard frames and all those flatland kind of movements. And uh, yeah, maybe sometimes I feel like my purpose maybe, or I can contribute more in those areas. You know, there's, all right, tons of people, like with the wizard frame, for example, now there's more frame options out there that can give you a similar experience or, um, you know, it's no longer like it's a wizard frame or 80 millimeter wheels or three wheel frames. Right. I, I think it's just options. a question of time uh, before every company has a version of the wizard frame because it just, it's a, it's, it's not gimmicky. It's just a design that is really functional and logical and it's proven to, uh, benefit the skaters and um, are you okay with that are you okay with kind of more imitations uh, on the market <laughs> yeah in the bigger in the bigger picture a hundred percent I'm for it that was always my um, that was always kind of the the blade god way if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so just giving, at the end of the day, giving skaters the right tools to to experience the activity in um, um, in the in a better way. Right. Yeah. Compared to because what the way I kind of see skating it. It wasn't designed by skaters, like the first, the first rollerblade or the first design. It was like maybe ice skaters or skiers or people from other industries with no experience of actually skating coming in and saying, "Okay, we're going to design this rollerblade. It needs to be the geometry of the skate needs to be this way. The wheels need to be this size." They weren't as qualified as someone who's been skating for 25 years or so. Bam. Bam, 360. That was nice. <laughs> All right. Well, persistence is the name of the game. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, I never never really considered how, how busy you would be responding just responding to emails that's pretty crazy that's a lot yeah and it's yeah um anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reality of the situation yeah um but uh, yeah but I, i'm figuring it out yeah yeah it's interesting <laughs> so uh 
let's talk about wizard frames. Ooh. Okay. So you've created these these metal blocks with wheels on them. Yeah. And they connect to boots. And the yeah. person can roll on the ground. Cool. Yeah, something like this, yeah. Ooh, yeah, see that? Boom. Very cool. Anyway, sorry. For for people that are watching this that don't know what a frame is. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um so what are so you're still doing the nineties, the hundreds, the one tens? Yep. And then you have different five wheel options? Correct? Yeah, so for five wheels we only have two sizes at the moment. After intense testing of every size from 72 millimeter wheels to 100 millimeter wheel, which yeah. includes a 72, five by 72, five by 76, five by 80, five by 84, five by 90, five by 100. After testing all those sizes with the best wizard skaters in the world, we came to the conclusion that we just need two sizes. That's it. <laughs> so well, what, are the we, two, what are the two sizes? Sorry, I was a little uh, silly there, but the point Sounds is good. a lot of people, um, a lot of those emails that I, I, I get is like people wanting a certain size of frame and no disrespect to anyone, but uh, we honestly did the work, we tested it, we got feedback, um, and the stuff we release is very thought out, <laughs> um, and it's very purposeful and intentional, so we're not just silly-nilly putting out different sizes. Um, and yeah, so at the moment we just decided to release two sizes. 5 by 76 and 5 by 80 and I really feel that kind of going back to the skating the, the whole idea with the five wheels is um, so with wizard skating you know oh, this is going to be a long one <laughs> that's fine so we started with the four by 90 because the the idea there was what um i'll show this one with, with the wheels on it looks cool Ooh, that's um, cool. that looks so um, cool we we said four by 90 because the this concept is like the frame that would work for everyone it's the all-purpose if there was one frame to work for everyone, um, the, the 4 by 90 was kind of like the solution. And then once we um, made this frame, we realized, oh, like 4 by 90 with a rocker, it's actually pretty manageable. So let's try 4 by 100. And then we realized, not right away, at first it was like, oh, this is huge and difficult to control and whatnot. 
Uh, but yeah, but now I I go back to the four by ninety, and it just feels insane. You know, it's just like it's so short, it's unstable. Um, yeah, it feels like an aggressive frame. It feels like a small wheel frame. Exactly, it doesn't feel like this. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, so we basically quickly realized, okay, there. If you actually like use it, there needs to be a few sizes to cover different size ranges. So really smaller, small feet people, if they just want to do casual, versatile kind of all around skating. Let's say if we compare it to skiing or snowboarding, what's like your all mountain type ski? Um, so it really depends on your size, you know. A giant tall guy will have a different size than a tiny little kid. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So we realized that proportionally we need to have those sizes because 90 is as small as we really want to go for adults. And then 110 is as big as we want to go. So there's three options there. Obviously, as an experienced skater, you can always switch, you know, like, Myself, if I was a complete beginner, I would probably need the 90s, but for me, I can do the 100s or the 110. Um, and it depends what purpose. If I want to skate long distance, I want to skate fast. Every frame has its own little benefits, you know? Yeah. Um, the bigger wheels give you more speed, more shock absorption, more glide. Um, Maybe nice to do like certain slides or things like that, but then the smaller wheels are lighter, more nimble, quicker turning radius. So essentially, like flatland kind of wizard style skate moves will yeah. be here. On I the like floor. the '90s for like more aggressive style wizard skating, like jumping stairs and doing jumps, and even. If I have a soul plate, like doing grinds, for yeah. me, like the 90 is almost like the aggressive style wizard frame in a way. Yeah. 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 I, and that's where it kind of started, you know, like coming from aggressive, the 90 was the first. Yeah. So the, the four wheel was kind of created as a frame for everybody, you know, and then we realized like from from the equipment then came up a certain way of skating kind of what happened with big wheels too and you know wizard frame testing and you know we realized oh man like using our skills from aggressive skating with this new equipment we can really like experiment with new ways of of uh, of skating yeah and the style of skating that is still undefined in a way. Um, so then it kind of became, now we have two users. So if you think of like skating was really specialized, you have speed skates, you have slalom skates, you have recreational cheap skates, you have hockey skates. And then from all this, like all those options, the wizard kind of concept was like to bring it to like, okay, one thing that will work and can do all those things, not as good as all those things specifically, but 
it's the only skate that can be a fusion and you can do hockey, you can do aggressive, well, not aggressive, but you can do tricks and jumps and you can, because you're on a supportive, stable UFS boot and you can go pretty fast because the wheels are big and you can do some slalom because you have the rocker. So just kind of taking the things from everyone and not specific, it's not going to be the skate I would recommend for speed skating. You know, if you want to do right. speed skating specifically, get a specific skate. So it went from very specific styles of skates to one general skate. And right. then, and then, then we realized that, oh, okay, there's a, now there's like two users. One that's like just a general user, but some users that are like aggressive skaters that are starting to push this into this new direction. Um, and for those skaters, the equipment could, could change, it could improve to make that style of skating um, easier, more, yeah, it's kind of with aggressive skates, you know, slowly they put the sole plate on and the wheels became smaller and um, the boot became more supportive and whatnot over the years. So same thing with this style of skating, which is, yeah, kind of what people are mostly doing on wizard frames. Um, um, the five wheel is, is the, kind of the, the, the right tool for that job. Right. So we really, really like what, what is so special about the wizard frames that allows us to do new style of skating. And the, the answer is it's a longer frame with a rocker. So all of a sudden, like we're no longer limited by how long the frame can be because we figured out the rocker does the job. So now we're like, okay, what's the right length for us to do like different tricks, like the gazelle or whatever? Um, how, how long do they need to be before they start like limiting what you can do with them? How, or before they become too heavy and how small the wheels need to be for uh, being maneuverable enough and whatnot. So after a lot of different testing, we realized that the specific kind of style of skating of what people are trying to do with it, which is be very playful on flat ground and really explore the possibilities of movement on skates. Um, the right size is again, relative to your body. So when, you know, yeah, we, we truly like recommend like, the 76 and the 80, even though it might not seem like a big difference, but when it's five by 76 versus five by 80, it's an, enough of a difference where your wheels start lining up in, in different positions under your foot. You right. can still do it, but if you really wanna, let's say if one day wizard skating was a Olympic sport, there would be like a standardized equipment and, you know, like in hockey, you know, the frame needs to be a certain way. It's very specific. So with the five wheel, it's kind of going back into this like really specific purpose built product, not for general skating. It's more for a specific mm -hmm. purpose. And that's where if you're of a certain size, I would, you know, I guess really annoyed <laughs> when people tell me like, I'll just go for the 80 because I have 80 millimeter wheels. 
everything we like tested and all the conclusions we came to, sure, just go ahead and do it <laughs> because you have those wheels. You know, you're spending $400 on a frame. And I, I'm sorry if I'm attacking, like, because there's like tons of customers that email me those kind of things. And I always try to, at the end of the day, the, the, anyone can decide what they want. Um, you know, you can buy whatever equipment. And I think that's the beauty. Like, you can push skating and it's very free and go in any direction. Um, so I don't want to kind of like restrict people like, no, you got to do it this way. You know, you have to use this size. So at the end of the day, I can just give my advice. Yeah. Um, and they can do whatever they want with it. So, and I think maybe over time, but at least if I gave them the advice and they go and they try it, they're like, oh, this is too long for me. Like, like, okay. And then they might start thinking, oh yeah, like, that's why wizard skating is recommending this size for my foot or whatever. So when you're going out there and you're trying gazelles or you're trying to do this style of skating, um, but then you bought the wrong frame. Um, right. Again, not, not that it's crucial. Like you can do any, you can use any equipment and you can kind of, but we really, I feel like from testing and even like with you and Joey, you know, it took years for Joey to message me and be like, Leon, I finally figured, like, I see the purpose of the 80s, like the 580s versus the 4100s. Like, I, I, I get it. That's, that's for this and this is for that. And I never want to, like, when we release products, I don't want, like, one product to replace another product. It's more, if it comes out, it should have its own purpose. Definitely. Technically, yeah, like you could have all, all the frames we make and you'll, they all have a different function. Right. And that's why I like the, I like the golf uh, metaphor, the idea of having multiple clubs in your bag because they, each of the frame sizes, they do serve like a certain purpose. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that's at a more advanced level. I do think... Yeah there's a certain size for a certain um, demographic, someone who's a certain, their body is a certain size and they want to use the skate in a certain way. There's a right frame for them. But then once you get into the expert category where people are really experimenting with all sorts of different maneuvers, then each of the frame sizes kind of can help the expert person do different things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, but someone who never tried wizard frames, you know, making up his mind of what's the right frame and not taking the recommendation seem, seems to me a little, yeah, annoying. Yeah, because, yeah. Um, but it's up to them kind of at the end of the day. Right. It's, it's just good that I think it's good that you have those recommendations. For mm -hmm. people, even if they make a different decision, at least you kind of have a stance like this is the right frame for you. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I I don't fun. take it personally anymore. You know, I just remove no. my. <laughs> like I yeah. say, I think that's how it should fit. That's the size. And. And that's it. Or like if they're using it with a if they're using the frame with a different boot, I feel obligated to say. You know cool like 
I always before we send every order, I always touch base with customers to see what boot they're going to use it with. And I feel like I have to let them know if they're using it with the M with an M12 or like something that is not going to perform well. I just need yeah. to give them the heads up. It's like cool, like it will work, but if you want to get the best performance out of the frame, you know, you really need a more supportive boot with whatnot. Right. Anyway, so that's cha it's challenging stuff because you're dealing with their preconceptions, like what they're used to, what they're mm -hmm. coming from, you know, which is really going to affect the way that they experience the the skate at first. Like it's mm -hmm. crazy to think that 90 mil used to be like a huge wheel. Mm -hmm. Like when you first created the 90 mil, like that it was crazy to us to skate a 90 mil wheel because everyone was coming from a like a 55 or a 60, you know. Mm -hmm. But now that we've adjusted what we're used to, 90 mil is small, or mm -hmm. a four by 90 is is a small feeling frame. Yeah, we're like kind of... what you're used to, and these things could continue to adjust, you know, into the future based on what people become used to. You know, like with, with now with wizard frames being really common and a lot of people skating like 100 mil, 110 mil, five wheel, um, you know, yeah, people could get used to certain things and then new things could become possible mm -hmm. based on what they're used to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, I, uh, we still didn't figure anything out. I think we're still at the beginning of, you know, yeah, we're still at the really early stages, um, but we did put in years into Yeah, oh yeah. And just like all the different frame sizes that we've made and tested and figured out, came to conclusion. Definitely. Um, yeah. So what, well, are, I think what are you on right now? What are you skating? I want. What am I skating? Uh, skating long rockered frames. So I think right now I'm testing the next stage of skate design. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of see like the four wheels as like okay, we this is this is what works. Yes, you can refine it. Maybe like refine different aspects about it but the design is what it is it's kind of to me it seems like a standard now like right. sure you can play with the rocker and make it like a point something higher point whatever which whatever or put it on this booth or that booth but um it's more or less the geometry the shape the size is kind of like it, for me at least it's figured out it's tested it's proven and then the five wheels is still in the process of, okay, now we have the right equipment to do wizard style, like skate moves, which is kind of what Colin, it started from Colin Brady and me uh, skating with him and like maybe trying to um, to see this as like the beginning of a di new direction. And 
the five wheel is almost designed to do all this like experimental flatland movements better. But yeah, so the five wheels is kind of we're still in that era of like five wheels figuring out the skating around it and the tricks and um but yeah what i what i think i'm on at the moment is how long can a frame be and how long can a frame be and what can you do what how would skating look like if the frame was that long and how would the boots look like if the frame was that long? And how would the liners look like if the frame was that long? But it, it really comes back to, um, yeah, it's tricky. It's like what came first, you know, the skating or the equipment? You know, the, in aggressive skating, the equipment wasn't aggressive equipment, but the, the skating pushed the equipment to become aggressive. Right. So I think in, in, in that stage where... I, uh, and it's just like fun for me, you know, it might not go anywhere, but I think that's, that's, that's the passion is to figure out how skating might look eventually, or what are the possibilities of human movement on wheels and do the frames need to be longer? Um, so you yeah. like to experiment with those kind of fringe ideas. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Like, oh. So you're on a long frame. Are you on the five by ninety? Um, maybe. Oh, it's okay. Okay, top secret stuff. Top secret well, experimentation I, at the wizard yeah, lab. Yeah, I, I have different five by nineties. I have five by one hundreds. I have one skates. I have five by one hundreds. Uh, but I have smaller wheels on it. I have some other, some other frames that we made samples of. Um, and going back to what people are used to, I think frame length mm -hmm. is something that, uh, you know, people used to have kind of a reaction to if the frame was too long, they would say, oh, no, it's like skis. Like, yeah. You don't want that. And it, it took a while for people to open up to the idea of a longer frame and to realize that if it was designed properly, it wouldn't feel like skis. It would just give you more stability. Mm -hmm. um, so people are are warming up to that idea more and more. A longer frame. What What's wrong with skis? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think if they were, I think people were thinking of it in their head like a speed skating uh, yeah. frame, and so they were thinking, oh, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna have the maneuverability that yeah. I do on a shorter frame. But if you have that rocker, then that's not a problem. Do you think yeah. uh, Do you think Wizard will ever make a three-wheel frame? I can't, I can't see it. Like I, yeah, I just don't. I I just, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Anything is possible, but I just. Uh, yeah, it just seems like backwards. It's so, in terms of, yeah, yeah, I can't, this is the, it's almost like the reason we made five wheels is because I was so pissed with the three wheels, like with the <laughs> kind of like concept of the three wheels. Not that it's not, I'm sure there are people out there that are loving their three wheels, 
but that's also keep in mind they didn't try all the options. So yes, like if right. you have a pair of aggressive skates and you put on three wheels, you know, like, I love this, gives me the speed I want, but you, um, yeah, but that's, I don't know. I think they haven't tried enough things. And I think the three wheel um, concept is something that will work, will still work for very specialized things like speed skating. Cause you could have, cause you're just going in a straight line so with you, when you have three wheels, if they're bigger wheels, the distance between the wheels is so large that you, you're not maneuverable. You can't create a sharp enough like arc. They're just skating in a straight line, skating, and then the bigger wheels skating fast. So, and if, so if the wheels are too big, then you don't have maneuverability. And if they're too small, three wheels that are too small, then they're too short or yeah, it just, it works for speed skating. I think it works for like speed slalom. Um, it works for like certain tricks, like maybe slides, like people like to do test slides with their three wheels, wheel slides. But, um, the faster we can move forward past this, uh, three-wheel stage for general skating. I think it's a dangerous product for the general public, like someone getting into skating. Um, I would highly encourage them to not get three wheels uh, because I see firsthand like people believing the hype, buying a three-wheel skate, hurting themselves, coming back. I can't, they can't skate anymore. So I think it's hurting the industry more than it's benefiting. Um, and is that because you don't have the stability that you have on where we Well, um, when you're standing, you know, you're stable. So when you're moving, um, you don't want to have like the base be shorter than your foot size. And with right. three wheels, if let's say you have three by 110, uh, the wheel base, like the where the, the points where the wheel touch the ground from the front to the back is shorter than the average foot size. Well, so you're essentially on like an upside down pyramid going super fast. So you're going faster than usual and you're less stable than, you know, you have less range of motion. So maybe I, I, for yeah. hours, about my feelings towards the three wheel. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It works for certain things, but it should it shouldn't be as common as it is yeah. it's almost like a response to like to people's desire for a short frame it's like a like i'm gonna have big wheels so i get the speed but i get to, i can compress it so it's like the length of an aggressive frame exactly yeah anyway I, yeah i feel like i i can go off into this crazy yeah. world um well going back to the five wheel um it took me a while to open up to the idea of a five wheel or to see mm -hmm. the the validity of it um i think i because i kind of i jumped in too high like i started i tried out the five by 90 mm -hmm. and it was just it was way too much for me 
at the time, like the the length and the weight, my I just didn't I couldn't deal with it. It was too much. Um, so my thinking was, I think the four wheel is like the a good amount, like the four by hundred or four by ninety. Um, but then when I tried the the five by five by six six. Um, that really, that just felt amazing. Mm -hmm. Felt amazing. Um, it's the perfect amount of. It's a little bit more length, but not, not crazy like the five by ninety. It's just the um, the right amount of length to give you a little bit more stability on all of your movements, and. Yeah, there's something really special about the five by seventy six for me. It opened up a, a new world of tricks um, because of that stability, and then like a new level of control. Certain things just feel like way more natural and way easier. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm just loving the five by the five wheel right now. And, and yeah, for for the record, like your foot size, you're in the range where you would. Actually, you're right on the edge because you're using the 42 boot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, someone like you who's been using Wizard Frames from the beginning and have a lot of experience, even for you, I see a benefit like to be on a 76 versus an 80. And it's like, yes, you can be on the 80, but it would just make all those tricks. It will make your progression. It will slow down your progression. I can right. skate the 5x80s. But when I do certain tricks, uh, like in wizard skating, you have like the gazelles, which is like kind of like this, you know, like this letter three, uh, the letter three, <laughs> uh, like this kind of the idea of the three turn. But then there's the, the this trick called the S. So you're drawing like, so the gazelle is like, you're doing like a a circle like this with a little loop in the center. And the S is like, like this, and then like this. So you're basically drawing the letter S. So you're able to, in one movement, rotate in one direction, and then switch and rotate back into the other direction. So this trick is, um, I would say there there might be like now ten people around the world that can that I can actually like say they, they can do a proper S and I'm being super generous with 10 people. Wow. But once you get to like a level of like those movements, if you do like do it for a while, it's just like there's no way you can do it if you have the wrong setup. Not that there's no way. Like I remember like with Mike Torres, he was skating the plastic boots in the size 42 for a while. And Mike is like one, obviously like one of the first ones to adapt to it and been doing it for years. And then we made the new boots and he was able to fit in the 41 carbon. And he was like trying to S for years. And it was almost kind of like funny that like he's still like, fuck, I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> and then he got the boots and on his like first session, he could do the S. Well, and that just kind of like proves to me that like the, the type of boot you're using um, and the fit of the boot and the length of the frame, like they all really need to 
you know, like there's like such a small difference between you being able to do this difficult movement to you not being able to do this difficult movement. Um, Cause it's so much about precision. Yeah. So if your boot is moving around a little bit, you're not going to have enough momentum, you know, halfway through the trick to come back in that direction. Once you, I think once you master those tricks, you, you can probably compensate and do it on different setups. I can probably do the S on like a four by 80, you know? Yeah. If you're just really, really good. Yeah. And, or you really understand like what your body needs to be doing. Yeah. So you can, you can compensate. For the record, I, I still can't do the F. Fair. Yeah. I'm yeah. still working on it. I haven't given up. I will do the F one day. But yeah, it, I, yeah. yeah, I'm not there yet. It's very difficult. But you're the right frame size. I do. I definitely have the right skate and the right frame size. Um, yeah. I'm close. I'm really close. There's just like one aspect that I just cannot figure out. On the last part, on the last part of kind of reverting back. Yeah. I just, I just, my body just does not want to revert back. Yeah, like a quick thing. It, a lot of it is like the foot swing to generate the momentum. Right. So, so the foot swing, like you, you kick your foot back. Yeah. And then you kick. bring it forward. Yeah. So, like after you do your first one foot forward lion, like yeah. one foot. And then, so essentially, I'm turning one foot this way to this way. And then I, I kind of, kick my foot this way yeah <laughs> and I almost like I can see my foot being fully extended this way and that's kind of the full extension and then I bring it back that to generate that that spin that so, revert out yeah so there's yeah and and to do it well I think the length of the frame is really important. So you can really lean here and have your foot like really far out. And then. I yeah, definitely like feel that like, um, even though I can't do it, I can, I can feel that the five wheel is really advantageous for that specific maneuver. Like if I try to do it in a four wheel, it's way harder. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's, I'm way closer on the five wheel. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, from, yeah, so a lot of those things, it's not just, like, a theoretical thing. It's, like, it's proven, like, oh, I can do, I can do this with this frame, and I can't do it with this frame, so. Exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so science. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that those moves that you've, created on these skates help you define the purpose of each of the frames because you can really feel the difference when you do a, a certain move you can say okay when I have this frame it's way easier when I have this frame it's impossible or I can do it but it's I can sense that it's way less natural so those those movements that have been created help you define the purpose yeah. of each of the frames that's very interesting and they, I haven't created those moves, you know, <laughs> the moves were always there. It's just like, it's like catching them, like finding them, discovering them. 
you know, right. by seeing Colin do it, you know, and then right. realize what is he like? He's like clearly doing something here that he's using the edges in a certain way and is using his body in a certain way. Um, so yeah, oh. I think yeah, the idea of like creating the move or coming up with the move, it's like they're there. Yeah, it's just finding the the way to like how to experience them or how to yeah, how to like sometimes when you do the gazelle, you just know you did it right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like catching the movement, like catching that momentum or the flow. Like if you're playing music, you know, you know when it sounds right. Right. So, so this kind of leads into something I really wanted to talk to you about is the the language, the terminology of all of these movements. I feel like it's really important to develop a a solid language for a lot of these movements so that wizard skaters can talk about it in a more fluid, efficient way. Um, you know, aggressive, aggressive has this where they can, where all of the grinds has a name, all of yeah. the spins and all of the shuffles and things like this. Wizard skating is very, obviously very complex when you're talking about like flat ground movements. Um, and I know that a lot of, the, the terms have we've started to create a language like gazelle and like mm -hmm. s maybe a lot of the people listening will understand what those things are predator and lion and these terms um but it's it's just the beginning and when you get to the kind of expert level of experimentation and and fringe movements the language kind of falls apart and it's very cumbersome to explain to someone what you're doing. Um, I feel like once we can communicate in a really seamless way, then yeah. the the activity itself will um, will progress faster because we can communicate like that. And obviously, it's a very uh, complex topic, but yeah. Is there a question there? <laughs> I, I agree with everything. Yeah. So, um, like, yeah. Um, do you do you, is that? Do you think about that? Do you are there movements that you do that you try to like create a name for? So. Yeah, to answer, like, I think about it too much, and I've been thinking about it for, like, many years. And for a record, I I became, like, a skate instructor, like, a certified instructor with Skate IA, I believe, in, like, 2011, 2012, I think 2011. So, like, I'm a certified skate instructor, and then I got my certification to be a slalom instructor, and I was like the first one to get certified for aggressive skating or like skate park instruction. So um, I think like the influence really came from Naomi Grigg and her method of teaching slalom skating and how she broke down 
slalom skating. She's a mechanical engineer, so she is like a really smart person. And she wrote a book about she yeah she she's contributed a ton to slalom skating. She's a world judge, and uh, slalom skating is kind of coming from aggressive skating, where we just slapped a bunch of random names together. Some of them are like completely weird and like make no sense and seeing how she figured out the way to um, present and teach and break down the movements of uh, slalom skating it was just yeah just so brilliant that I as soon as I met her that was the first year when I got certified to be a skate instructor it was a skate IA, Skate Instructor Association. That was their first camp. So we went to New Hampshire for a couple of days, and I met uh, Trish, the organizer, the owner of like Skate IA, and tons of people. And Naomi was one of the participants. She was the, sub, the North American SEBA distributor at the time. So I was introduced to SEBA skates. Um, and I was introduced to Naomi and like slalom skating and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like I would, like we could do this in aggressive skating. We could teach people how to aggressive skate by using kind of like science, you know, like using, okay, there's 24 different variations and you're, you know, you can move forward. You can, you can grind forward. You can grind backwards. You can, so but then I quickly realized that you can't reinvent aggressive skating. Um, aggressive skating is special and it's kind of going to be its own thing. Uh, but wizard skating, you know, like over the years, wizard skating kind of became this fusion of slalom skating and trick skating and um and from the beginning, I wanted to like create a, a method to how to teach that those movements. So every movement, we would always try to break it down in into a format that can be taught and like make sense of it. Not just like, oh, I did this like fancy spin. It's like, okay, like is your weight on the back of the skate or the front of the skate? Is it on this edge? Really trying to understand this from an instructor perspective um, and have a like a logical method that when you teach someone something, you want to break it into like static exercises and dynamic exercises and you don't want to like overload them with too many steps. You know, it needs to be kind of compressed into like three different steps. Uh, so a lot of stuff that skate IA and maybe figure skating or other teaching methodologies have figured out like how the human brain can perceive or understand instructions and learn. So that's like influenced by that and trying to apply or work with that model and work with what Naomi created. Um, so wizard skating is like uh, and kind of like an off branch of that if that makes any sense here. Well, yeah, for sure. So I, I didn't want to like, at first we gave a bunch of tricks, random names and whatnot, but I 
think at the end of the day, it's really important that all that the language makes sense, that it doesn't become aggressive skating where there's no rational kind of common sense. Like over time, we figure certain things like, okay, those are topside tricks. Those are true spin tricks. Those are uh, alley-oop tricks. So that we did kind of have to break them out into some sort of a, you know, you can't argue with someone that this was not an alley-oop trick. Like, yes, right. like, but there are certain tricks where, <laughs> you know, where it's like things cross and there's like opinions, like the savannah, you know, this is the cross of like the rollerblading language where it came to like, you know, we can't really agree like <laughs> in one way or another. Is it an alley-oop trick? Is it a true spin or is it like a 270s and blindsider? Like, there's clearly some something in the in the way we created the language that doesn't fully make sense. Like it's not a hundred percent logical. So I think I've been very hesitant with releasing something because if if I re release it or Wizard Skating releases it, um, people will see it as more of like an official. Uh, method or official language kind of thing and I don't want to put anything out that I don't feel like it, it's fully um, I don't know like comprehensive fully out. Oh. yeah yeah so and I don't know if eventually something will come out and I've been kind of going back and forth and especially recently to what's the best way to communicate it and there's always going to be people along the way. It's like, no, it should be called a three turn because that's right. how it's called figure skating. But it's different. It's not figure skating. We're we're doing it in a different way. Our equipment is different. We're doing it in yeah with a longer frame. Our body yeah. is like creating a completely different movement here. Um, so yes, it's like a lot of similarities to figure skating, of course and slalom skating and whatever. Um, but I think it needs to have its own language. So that in terms of terminology, I don't want to come around and like throw a bunch of names that silly nilly kind of explain something and people have to memorize them in order to, um, to communicate or to, I want it to over time just make sense and um, yeah, I don't know if it really answers it, but I think about it a lot. I don't think it's fully there yet. There's a couple names that stick, that stuck, and I think it's the gazelle. Yeah. Um, which I think everyone is cool with. Um, I like the gazelle. Yeah, that'll stick. Yeah, and the way we've been calling it is like the one-foot gazelle is the lion. Um, I don't know sounded cool, gazelle, lion, there's some, the idea there is like, you know, the lion eats the gazelle, it's like a more powerful predator. <laughs> I like uh, that. So. The interesting uh, thing is that like it all, when you're talking about creating a new language, everything starts off as slang, right? Everything just comes, it comes out of someone's mouth yeah. And then if it, if it clicks with the people around them, then they adopt that and they say, okay, that, that clicks. 
if it doesn't click, then it just nobody repeats it because it doesn't have that. It doesn't feel right or it doesn't, you know, encapsulate the idea in a good way. Um, so I think Gazelle naturally has caught on because there's something about um, the movements of a, of a gazelle that describe the movements of, of that, of that carve, you know? Um, and for me, same with lion. Um, but again, you can't dictate, like you can't say, no, 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 it's this because people yeah. are going to adapt it or they're not. And you have to allow that natural evolution to take place. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to, in the, even though sometimes I get caught up and it's like, no, like, (laughs) this is the name. But But, I think that's okay. I think it's okay for people to really assert their opinions and be like, no, like, that's not what that is. It's this. And it's, it's, uh, it becomes an argument and, and that's okay. That's kind of how things evolve. And then the best idea wins out. Like one person likes this idea, one person likes this idea, and they yeah. kind of fight over it. And then the group around them that are just watching these two idiots, they decide what what term they like to use, and that you know <laughs> that becomes more prominent. A hundred percent. I uh, can I I'm gonna go pee quickly, super quickly. Okay, sure. You right. Hello, Leon. <laughs> um. Quick thing here. Yes. I uh, I probably have about twenty minutes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I can totally continue later. Um, no, I think this will be good. I think twenty more minutes, fifteen, twenty more minutes will be perfect. Okay. I'm going to play bowling. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. It's a it's a double date. Nice. Yeah. Fun thing to do on a snowy day. Go do some bowling. Yeah. Bowling is an interesting thing to think about, like how it got developed. Like some people, you know, they wanted to have some pins and they had a ball and they're like, we're going to roll the ball and try to knock over the pins, Mm -hmm. you know, and they ended up, they built gutters. It's Mm -hmm. impressive that, you know, some of these sports, became established it seems like such a crazy esoteric idea to have a lane that's it's got to be perfectly flat a flat lane with some pins at the end you got to have the special shoes so you can slide when you when you roll i don't know it's fascinating that these things get off the ground different weight for the bowl right different sizes for for different sized humans you know you gotta have the right size um, and then you have the, the small ball, the, mm-hmm. the, the five pin, and then mm-hmm. you have the ten, more pins, 10 pin with a larger ball and holes for your fingers to, to do it. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> but then, yeah, I kind of like what, what dictates the kind of the progression of it or the direction of it i think at the end of the day it's like they can challenge they can put one person against another one person would be better so it goes back to human ability it's like pushing human ability to a certain level 
you know, if the game is too easy and everyone gets 300 points, right. then it's not a game. Yeah. So it's like finding those games where you can see like, you know, a really small percentage of people can do it and you really need to put in the time and the work to be good at it. Right. Because if everyone is good at it, then what's the point? Right. But then it's so, accessible that people can, they can go and have fun. You know, mm -hmm. you might get, you might get the odd strike and it feels really good. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be a professional. You, you can even luck out. Yeah. Um, but there's levels, you know, there's a clear difference between an amateur and a professional. Yeah. Clear difference. Yeah. Things that inspire me would be, um, you know, the idea of like board games, like for speaking of that language, yeah, right. going back to the languages, you know, you don't want to release a board game where it's not fully thought out. Right. Like you're kind of creating this new world. And every, um, everything has to have a rule associated yeah. with it. There, there can't be any gray area. Mm -hmm. You need to know like, okay, if you land on this square, there's a certain action. It's like scientific. Yeah. yeah and that's like, I'm, it just seems like so much thought went into creating like most of the board games is like, how the hell, like chess, for example, like, is that like a one person that came up with this thing? Yeah, that's crazy. You know, like how, things are crazy. How many years did it take to develop? And now it's set. Like, there's no, you're not going to change the game of chess. Like, you're not going to do like, well, now we're going to do 10 by 10 squares. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever the case. Um, but I think with, uh, with this new style, I think we do have a, we're in the stage which is, which is really exciting where it could be one day something that's defined as bowling or pool or <laughs> like, you know, whatever board game. You're yeah. Thinking. Like, yeah, there's just so many. Yeah, I think it's really, only, yeah. Those ideas of like a game, um, a way to like compete. Right a way to 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 improve you know because if you if it has no rules if you don't know what's like the levels how do you know if you're progressing like it's no fun to to get better at something if you don't have a way to measure your progression right do you think so like in um in piano there there you get books from the royal conservatory of, of music and there's different levels so you start on level one and level two, level three, and so on. And in these books, it's kind of all these exercises that you need to master in order mm -hmm. to pass to the next level. So it's almost like wizard skating could have like a series of movements that you need to master before you go to the next level. You could create levels. And so yeah. like, you know, you have level one, level two, and so on. And 100 there's, it's like, I guess gymnastics has a similar kind of grading scale or scale of, of progression where mm -hmm. you start, you know, you start at level one and you work your way up to level 10. I think wizard skating, um, specifically flat ground, 
could have like a a royal conservatory of wizard skating where you have like levels of movement. A hundred percent. That's where I kind of, I'm not like thinking about like the whole thing. It's more of a, yeah, it's like the fun, the real fundamental movements. It's like, how do you, oh, martial arts is another huge thing that I'm influenced by because, because this is very physical, you know, and I, kind of did study some martial arts when I was a kid and was super influenced by Bruce Lee. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the point is every style of fighting would have a stance and the stance is not like every part of your body is so important to be accurate because if you're not accurate, then you're vulnerable. Yeah, so you want to like minimize the vulnerability in like your ready position and every style of fighting would have its own ready position based on, you know, the movements, the kicks and the, uh, and the punches and the defenses that they, that are associated with that style, the stance would complement. So in like the whole like wizard skating, a lot of this is like the, where the, the thought is coming from, like, the influence from like skate IA, slalom skating, martial arts, plus this weird thing of like we can create a new game. Like what is hockey, you know? It's just like you, you set up, yeah, it's like physical. I guess when you play chess or board games, it's just a mind thing. And then when you play soccer or whatever, it's like, it's clearly a physical, but it still has rules and um, kind of guidelines to how to, how to play the game. I don't know. And where strategy. Strategy. Yeah. 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 I don't know where I'm going with this, but. Well, it's interesting because like, um, it's almost more complex for us because we don't have a clear goal with mm. uh, skating like there isn't a ball to be put into a net or you know something like that it's like it's arguable what the goal is of it yeah you know, there, actually, there's no winning or losing so that makes it even more difficult to to define like a, a path that's why I, I think music is a good guide and martial arts well i guess martial arts is different in that obviously your goal is to not get hurt and to hurt the other person right with music it's almost more akin to music because i mean what's the goal in music there's no there's no winning or losing you're just trying to create something um you're trying to there are fundamentals right but it's not towards the end of like defeating an, oppo an opponent and skating obviously there's no defeating an opponent there's just creating like a, a movement for yourself a practice and practice. maybe exactly that's the word that's where i kind of realized from kind of doing yoga is there's also like yeah a relationship there where with skating you know, when I, the way I would kind of teach it would be really like working both sides of your body, like ex, expanding your range of mo mobility 
uh, with skate. So kind of like without skate, the human body can move in this way or this way. And those are like the limitations or maybe it has no limitations. Um, your, your podcast with uh, Ben Magaziner was a, a great reminder of body movement and mobility and uh, Ida Portal and yeah, people that are like such geniuses and like the movement or like how far humans can take movement. There's no like the, the, the statement that he said that there is no position that is wrong or something like this. It's like there's just a position that you're not trained to do that your body right. you're not, not prepared yet. for yeah 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 no preparation um lost my train of thought here um preparation movement okay so the body like i guess i'm just like really curious to figure out how can you move when you have skates on what is the human body capable of with skates on like when you look at skiing is another huge influence, like, well, they have those giant things and they can use to pop, use the toes and the heels to pop. Um, so, yeah, but what, what, how, how the equipment, it's like kind of a mix of the two is like, how can we change the equipment to allow our bodies to do stuff that is not a, possible to do on any other tool like yes on skis you can do this because they're so long and you're positioned in a certain way and you have whatever um yeah or on your feet you can jump this high or you can jump that far like we figured out like the the olympics is essentially what you can do with your body without um you know, for many years, it hasn't, didn't have, like, the skis on, or, like, how far can you right. run, and how far can you jump from one spot, how high can you jump, yeah. and then with skating, um, I feel like there was never, like, equipment that designed specifically to push the limits of a human movement on skates. Aggressive skates, in a way of grinding but not in a way of like you know i don't know i don't know how to explain it like it's not uniquely skating right uh, yeah the, I, yeah I, yeah sorry well yeah aggressive was really focused on grinding so it was exploring the various ways that the various positions you can get into while grinding different things you can do while grinding mm -hmm. and then you know rolling and the things you could do while rolling wasn't really focused on in terms of the technology like the technology never you know focused on how can we make it more stable how can we make it faster um mm -hmm. the the development of the technology was all about making grinding more efficient a larger soul space um, mm -hmm. positioning the Royale grooves in a certain way. Um, so, yeah, wizard frames and the idea of skating on, on wizards is, is really the first time that we're really focused on, like, improving our capabilities just rolling, mm. improving speed, improving stability, 
having a rocker that allows for maneuverability. Mm-hmm. Those things were kind of an afterthought with aggressive. Yeah, and some people obviously put took aggressive, you know, like Dustin Latimer, he did explore human movement with skates that kind of like you probably can't do it on anything else. I think people like this exist. Certain parkour movements. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain things almost that are like, they're like, um, it doesn't really matter what the skates are. Like I'm thinking of like Kongs or like hand plant stuff. You really, you just want a light skate really. Um, it's not really like you're taking kind of another sport and merging it with yeah. skating, but um, in terms of just the rolling, in terms of just like flat ground movements that you can do with on your wheels, you know. Yeah, I, that's the foundation. I think that's the foundation. And then I guess maybe looking at skateboarding, how it was like flatland is the foundation to street skateboarding. Right. So I think we're in that stage where we haven't figured out the in like the skating version of that of street skateboarding. Right. It's like we don't we don't have a fundamentals. Like we, we haven't started. We, yeah, we haven't figured out the ollie yet. Like we kind of have the. <laughs> I think the flatland stuff is like figuring out what you can do with the skates. So with your body on skate, same as like what you can do in like skateboard flatland on the ground. And then... Because that's the thing about flat ground is anything you can do on flat ground, you can incorporate into exactly. skating any any object, right? So it is the basis of everything. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the foundation, I think that's the stage we're at and the... The, the equipment for me at least or like what I found is best to explore it is five wheels five by 76 or five by 80 depending on your boot size with a certain height UFS style boots you're closer to the ground you know a lot of people are experimenting now with like the wizard concept but on boots that um, the old style kind of like the raised heel boots that are designed for speed skating um, and I think it's like you're you're missing out the the real experience and the real opportunities of uh, optimal like uh, ride height, like being close to the ground, having like more control over the frame. Um, like those things might seem, oh, you know, they're both five wheels or they're both four wheels. They both have a rocker, but you're on a boot that's like, you know, ten millimeters higher. You're essentially like trying to do parkour on high heels. Right. <laughs> and yeah, kind of like, again, I still think the UFS being close to the ground and like having the right boot, the right support is still like, I think our product, like the wizard, like the, the products that we're working with or what we're using to push the style of skating is crucial to, yeah to improve as quickly as possible. It's almost like the closest to a standard equipment. Like back in the day, they were skiing with boots that were made out of leather. You know, like the limitations of like what you can do with a long ski with a leather boot is, yeah, it's like not the same. So I think we're still far away from 
people actually experiencing um, using the right equipment, like the right tools for the job. So at the moment, it's like a lot of people are trying to do gazelles, but, you know, maybe 5% of the people that are trying to do gazelles are doing it on the equipment that I would say will make, will allow them to progress and like, you know, they're not compromising on like using leather boots kind of thing for their skis. They're on the right equipment and you'll, yeah, and even for us, you know, like for Mike Torres, you know, a guy that's been skating for 25 years or more and been wizard skating for five, six years, for him, like what difference, like one, like a more precise fit could do to open up that possibility. Um, yeah, so and so think for people that are not as experienced or not as trained, how, how far, how much of a... Um, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not trying to really push like our equipment, but it's like it just it's uh, for this style of skating, you really need the right equipment because the style of skating is not even figured out yet. So to figure it out on the wrong equipment, you're not really figuring it out. Right. Yeah, you're like not even realizing what you're in what areas you're compromised. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's interesting stuff. I'm going off here. I love it. And it's hard for me because I'm involved in so many things. It's hard for me to say like, you really got to use our boots, like, you know, because we put a lot of thought into developing them. And like little things like the liner, like that little bit of stiffness in the liner for someone like you who's been skating, like what we started the podcast with, like you've been skating for years. Like you, like you saying, like how much of a difference this made? Where, yeah. in a way, I'm like, come on, like, did it really make that much of a difference? Um, it's hard for me to really feel, think about it. But yes, when I go back to a different liner, I'm like, oh wow, yeah, this sucks. Like I can't, like I right. can't get the control. And sometimes you don't realize until you, you know, try something else out. You don't realize how good the certain thing was. Because you kind of just get used to it, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, is it making that much of a difference? But then when you go back to an older design, it's like, oh, yeah. That's like when that you... stiff tongue has really, it really has changed skating for yeah. me. Like, I feel like I cannot skate anything else. It'll feel inferior, you know? I think mm -hmm. there are those leaps along the way where you you try something and then you just can't go back once yeah. you try that certain thing like for me it was intuition liners it was like once i tried those and got used to them then any other liner just felt like garbage you know mm. so it was like a clear mark it was like okay this is the best thing i mean in the you never know something else exactly. might come along but yeah. at this point in time this thing that i've tried i need to have it and 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 i feel that way with the new wizard frame liner is like and now anything else feels inferior. Like I need that stiffness in the yeah, tongue. Yeah. I need that. Like that changes the whole feel of the skate. It makes it more comfortable. I know that sounds yeah. that sounds crazy, but like this, those wizard skates with that liner are the most comfortable skate. I think because so much pressure is taken off of the, the foot and it's like 
you want that pressure on the leg, right? Because it's a big, strong bone. It makes mm -hmm. so much sense. You want more pressure there and less pressure on those little small foot bones. You know, I feel like my, I don't get that foot fatigue at all. It's crucial. Yeah, it's so I, good. It's funny. I haven't even thought about it from that perspective. And you've been like one of the pickiest, like, it's like you have princess feet. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I really do. Me, uh, my feet are very like, so beat up. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, so, like, a lot of shit. Like I can't skate. I can't skate a lot of boots because they kill my feet. I have very wide weird feet you know it's a struggle so it's very important to me yeah so that's uh you know thanks to people like you and you know i at the end of the day it's like i want my friends or like customers or to say like yeah this this works like not send me an email like oh man like this doesn't work this doesn't fit how can i solve this problem I'm just trying to get rid of the emails, you know, so <laughs> better product, making it fit. They're like, we put so much emphasis on the fit over the years. And like, you know, someone looking at it from the outside might not be noticeable, but so much effort to improve the fit of the skate, the liner. And it's like, it's insane how much difference it makes. Um, that people get it and like, oh, yeah, now it fits or now I can fit into this size. And it's not done. Like, I'm still struggling with For figuring sure. out sizing and how to advertise them and how to communicate with uh, someone who hasn't tried skates before, like how tight should skates be. Right. Anyway, so it's work in progress, but I think we, yeah, we, we came a long way and uh, I think there's, we're still going to go really far and improve the aspects of the skate that will allow us to do better skating. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That was an awesome chat, buddy. I'll let you go bowling. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I, you. Uh, I really appreciate you and uh, Mushroom Blading and your management team, <laughs> Carly respect um great to see you and your kids uh on instagram yeah i can't wait to see declan strapping on skates soon oh yes he's got, some, he's got the dancing moves oh yes he's gonna be good on the blades yeah um yeah. a great job dad yes um, blade god bless yes thank you so much leon thank you awesome. todd We'll talk Merry soon. Christmas. Happy Merry Christmas. <laughs>